Christchurch, New Malden, Sunday the 13th of November 2022, 11 o'clock service. Katie Loffman speaking on Things Jesus Came to Bring Us. Peace. Good morning. Well, when Jesus was born, he was hailed as the Prince of Peace. The message of the angels was peace on earth, goodwill to humanity. We often pray and sing about the peace that Jesus brings to our hearts today. And he said, blessed are the peacemakers. But in our reading from Matthew, Jesus seems to contradict that when he says in Matthew 10 verse 34, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father a man's enemies will be members of his own household. Well, that's a bit of a contradiction. What does he mean? Well, one place to start is to look at the passage that Jesus is quoting from. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. That's from Micah 7, verse 6. Micah explains that turning families against each other is a sign of the arrival of the Messiah, the time when God will come to his people, a sign that God is doing something new, a sign that the Messiah will be a divisive figure. Jesus' listeners would have recognised that prophecy from people like Micah. So by telling the disciples that he would bring this kind of conflict, Jesus was saying, don't be surprised if this is what you see happening. Because this is who I am, the Messiah you've been waiting for, bringing in a new kingdom. And not everyone can accept that. Jesus was establishing a new way of being God's people. But there were plenty who were quite happy with the old way, thank you very much. Oh, so sorry, I've lost my place. So I'm sorry about that. There was a lot of people that were not happy with starting something new. And that put them in conflict, not only with Jesus, but with those who followed Jesus. But Jesus warns that our relationship with him is more important than even our relationship with our own family. Whoever loves father or mother, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. But shouldn't we be aiming to be at one and be at peace with other people? What about blessed are the peacemakers? Jesus is warning that following him causes division with others that don't want to live that way. And we must expect conflict sometimes. Have you ever been put under pressure not to do the right thing, to fit in, just keep the peace? It's hard. And it can cause us to doubt ourselves. It can, we start to think, can this really be the right thing if it upsets so many people? Sometimes it can make us unpopular. And it can be a very lonely thing as well. But Jesus makes it clear that peace does not mean agreement at any cost. He didn't say, blessed are the peace lovers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. 
those who go out of their way to bring reconciliation. There's a huge temptation to do nothing or to go with the flow because we don't want to accept, upset people. Jesus warns that doing the right thing will often cause conflict. But that's no reason to give up on doing the right thing. Alan Sugar in The Apprentice sometimes fires people if they haven't stood up for what they believe to be the right thing and they allowed themselves to be talked out of it. I'd hate to be on the other end of that pointing finger. But Jesus warns that if we deny him by not doing what's right, he will deny us before God. And that will be an awful lot worse than being fired by Sir Alan. So it's important to make sure that we know what is the right thing to do. And the way we know that is to stay close to God, to read the Bible, pray for guidance, allow ourselves to be led by him. There are some people whose idea of what's right is different from God's. They don't listen to God. They don't accept his guidance. They don't accept wisdom from the Bible. And they don't try to express God's love in their own life. Instead, they try to figure it out for themselves, making their own rules. And this puts them in conflict with God. Just as the Bible says the law causes sin. When people see the best way to behave, putting God first, loving their neighbours, living justly, they recognise that the demands of self-restraint forgiveness and unselfishness, perhaps to the point of self-sacrifice, is what's required. And they don't want to do that. So they make their own judgments. Perhaps you've caught yourself saying this kind of thing. I deserve the best of everything right now, without regard for anyone else. It's okay to be a bit selfish. I deserve it. I know we're not supposed to steal, but I think it's okay to take my next door neighbour's wheelie bin anyway because I saw them nudge my car when they were trying to park outside. It's like me thinking it's fine to drive at 25 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour road at 10 o'clock at night when there was no traffic, no one around, and then I got a speeding ticket because I made my own judgement about right and wrong on that stretch of road. Consequence, a fine. I didn't think I was doing any harm by allowing my speed to creep over 20 on an empty road, even though it was against the law. My decision to make my own judgment about that stretch of road put me in conflict with the law. And my result was punishment. I won't be at peace with the Met Police until I've paid my dues. On the other hand, if I obey the law, I'd be perfectly at peace with the law. No conflict at all. I'd be perfectly calm if a policeman were to stop me for any reason. In the same way, we're not at peace with Jesus when we make judgments that go against what he's told us is right and wrong. The consequence of that is conflict with God. But the good news is that we can be restored to peace with him by recognising what we've done, bringing it to him and being forgiven. No fine even, it's free. 
Jesus came to offer us the chance to make peace with God by making that forgiveness possible through his death. That was the message of the angels, peace with God. Let's accept peace with God. Why would you not? But when Jesus says, I have not come to bring peace but a sword, it sounds like, <clears throat> it sounds as if, as if he's means something more purposeful than the natural conflicts or even persecution caused by people disagreeing. That's because he's talking about his own conflict with evil. We know that at his death he defeated evil. That was the purpose of him coming to earth. He came to earth specifically to confront evil, defeat it and establish God's rule over the earth, God's kingdom. Jesus came not to start a war, but to finish it. The cosmic battle that had been going on since before we were created. His arrival on earth was a massive threat to all the powers of evil, both spiritual and human, great and small. We see that throughout his ministry. He challenges people who are abusing their positions of power for their own ends. And he confronts evil spirits directly. They know who he is, they feel his authority, and they realise it means their time is up. The spirits leave at his command. The Bible tells us a little bit about the power of evil, and it acknowledges that it's powerful. It's sometimes personified as Satan or the devil. We're not told much about it or how it works, but one thing we do know is that it's in conflict with God the power of evil against the God of love. Evil is not strong enough to attack God directly, but what it can do is attack what God loves. And that's his creation and his people. That's why we experience suffering and evil in the world, in our life, in the world and in our lives. The powers of evil know how much God cares about his creation, so they try to destroy it. That's why we have wars. Take Ukraine, the thirst for power, the desperation for independence, maybe also the longing for revenge. This is just the latest manifestation of conflicts that have been going on in one form or another since human societies were first created. It's evil inflicting itself on our world, using us as a battleground. This Remembrance Day, we think of those who have gone to war trying to defend their country from evil and pave the way for peace. But it never seems to last. Vyacheslav Konoval is a Ukrainian poet living in Kiev. And he writes war poetry in a similar tradition to the war poets of the First World War. They were the bloggers of their day. They told it how they saw it just like this poet. And this is something that he wrote recently. Hot trenches. June's tiring heat is here. Thirst torments every minute. In the summer, salty sweat felt, squatting in trenches. The battle doesn't inspire. Russian generals chase soldiers. They look and act like flocks. Soldiers wandering weakly across the field, drowning in a massacre. They are deeply in shock. 
The projectile pulls up the ground from under strong Ukrainian feet. The defender is bent down, being machine gun sheltered. Military armada strikes with the summer heat. So when Jesus came to earth, his mission was to confront evil and destroy forever its power over creation. That's the sword that he came to bring. He was referring to his campaign against evil. The evil of oppression, which was symbolized by the Jews being conquered and oppressed by the Romans. The evil of injustice, which showed itself in their exploitative and unequal society. The evil of unnecessary barriers between God and his people. And we see that in the warped religion being taught by the chief priests and the Pharisees. And the universal evil of suffering, illness and poverty, which Jesus attacks every time he heals someone or feeds a crowd. When Jesus came to earth, he deliberately came right into a society full of all kinds of evil. When we see him confronting it and doing miracles, those are battles in that conflict that he's taking on. And he establishes his kingdom instead, announcing his authority over evil and liberating people from its territory, from its grip. The sword that Jesus used was the sword of the Spirit, his powerful word that not only commanded the world into existence, but stilled storms, restored sight, and destroyed demons. That's the kind of sword that Jesus brought, a sword to defeat evil. And of course, all of those battles throughout his ministry led up to his final battle on the cross. The sword that Jesus wielded to defeat evil was his overpowering goodness, a goodness made up of sacrificial love, searing truth and uncompromising justice. That's the kind of sword he came to bring. And that's actually scary for people who get on the wrong side of that conflict. We want to make sure that we are on God's side, working with Jesus to bring more love, truth and justice into the world. If we don't, we put ourselves in conflict with God and that's not a good place to be. But we can come over to his side at any time by making peace with him. Evil may try to tempt us away, but it's not strong enough to stop us from accepting Jesus and accepting his victory in our hearts, if that's what we choose. One day, that victory will be, that was won by Jesus on the cross will be wholly visible everywhere, as evil will finally be taken over by the goodness of God. Injustices will be put right. Hate will dissolve into love. Lies will be exposed by the truth. Disagreements will be reconciled and all illness and suffering will be healed. And that's the vision set out by Isaiah. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war anymore. If you're peacefully settled 
and sure about the future, you can plough a field with confidence of the harvest. When the peace of God reigns, then all conflicts are resolved, not only between God and the powers of evil, not only between God and his creation, and God and us, but also between human and human, between Russia and Ukraine. We won't need swords because we won't have war or conflict. That's the ultimate peace that Jesus brought because he defeated evil, not with a metal sword or even with a gun, but with his own weapons of love and justice and everlasting peace. <laughs>